besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. It's time to cast off on a new adventure. This is Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Hello and welcome to Real Adventures from wherever you are listening right around the country. Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hapgood joining you this morning to talk all things fishing, boating, the great outdoors and unfortunately the pandemic that it has a grasp over the entire planet at the moment, Redmond, coronavirus and how it affects the fishing industry which is going to be significant over the next few months. Is there Going, a virus going around? It's unbelievable, <laughs> isn't it? Just the extraordinary. The week that we've had here in Australia, obviously it's... It's significant over in other countries as well, but we're just seeing the beginnings of it here. We have, and it's uh, we are recording today. We are much earlier in the week than what we normally are, Patrick. It is a Thursday today, just to put it out there, because we don't know what's going to happen in the next few days, do we? So whatever we say now, exactly. it could change. could change, and we've been obviously isolated when it comes to recording, which uh, a huge amount of people uh, have been working from home throughout the week and that's clearly going to continue we have seen earlier in the week the AFL uh, as of Wednesday go ahead and the season started Uh, where that heads to we aren't sure well why we are on the AFL before we talk how the virus is going to affect fishing in our in our thoughts but how's it affected you boys let's be honest it's uh you're meant to be gearing up for round one in the next few days and well, we play this afternoon. <laughs> it's been an extraordinary. It's been an extraordinary week uh, for Australian rules footy. Clearly, the impacts are significant, um, not just for the industry itself, but the uh, local footy clubs, local competitions, Auskick. whether that be state league, Auskick, uh local BFL for us. Uh, you know, these are the feeder systems for the AFL, but conversely, they're supported financially um, you know, at different levels through the game itself. And that's where the basis of the decision has been such a significant one because if the games aren't being played or there isn't money coming from broadcast, clearly we're not going to see uh, money coming in from attendances, mm. and that's primarily where the AFL clubs receive their revenue from. So that's going to disappear. So the, the the financial strain that the clubs are going to be under is going to be extraordinary, uh, and and the same when it comes to the league because the league obviously finances those clubs to an extent as well. So every every club uh, receives money every year from the AFL, and that is brought. By broadcast, broadcast is clearly going to change this year. We've seen that with a with a seventeen game season. If and when the the games are halted, which is going to happen at some point with sixteen and a half minute quarters, so we're going to do as much as we possibly can as an industry to pump out games uh, before the inevitable happens, which is you know when a player tests positive and then the league shuts down. Now you obviously head of the players' association. You run the show there. Uh, you think you do anyway, I'd but no. Honestly, you've had to speak on behalf of the players, uh, and it's a pretty big thing because there's a lot of players with different opinions, running yep. from wanting to play, not wanting to play. How was that talking to the boys of not just your boys, the whole 
the whole AFL. Like you've got to say, boys, what do you want to do? Yeah, well, we had a conference call on Monday and clearly things changed. When you say we, changed. who's we? So this is every playing group set up a, a Skype meeting with the AFLPA uh, and we were given the information at the time, the, the, the best available information from a health regard from the, the standpoint of the competition, how it affects it financially. Um and then made our recommendation from there. And it was overwhelming that everyone uh, was and is prepared to play because of the understanding the ramifications, not only for ourselves, but more broadly the league. We're no, we know we're going to cop a hit financially, mm. but so is everyone else. So is, you know, there's businesses that are closing down, there's people that are losing their jobs, and the industry relies on players playing the game in order to... You know, receive on average, say it's four hundred million for broadcast each year. So that's going to be reduced because of the reduction in games, but it's better than nothing. I know airlines have shut down like twenty thousand workers. Exactly like it's, right. It's yep. crazy the numbers. Not just obviously you said not you guys, the small towns, and even see, I, see Fox Sports News laying off staff because you know there's no work for there's them. no sport. No, no. You know, there's no work and. And, you know, that is affecting everyone. So it's it's just an extraordinary time. It isn't a matter of uh, if the competition shuts down. It's a matter of when. And we know that because of what we've seen internationally. Every other sports code in the world has started. And then as soon as one has tested positive, they've shut down. Yeah. How long that shutdown is for, it's purely speculation. And the really difficult thing at this time of the year or this in this situation is so much of it is speculation around how much we've got to play and where it sits and our commentary on it is is purely speculative because we don't know what's going to happen and that's the that can be the real dangerous thing so um, look we're just going to have to as everyone is fly by the seat of our pants and and do the best we possibly can for the competition and and just adapt on the on the fly one thing before we get into the fishing how have you guys been attending training? Is it isolated training sessions? Is it 10 people in groups or is it full go? Yeah, great question. It's We have really limited the time where anyone is is in a meeting room together. And in actual fact, uh, we haven't been at the footy club. We've been having our meetings on the ground because we've obviously Open got air, a, yep. access to, to KP, the, the giant screens there. So we've never had anyone in the same, um, same room at the same time. So the, the measures that... Uh, that clubs are going to in order to to mitigate the chances of containing this and and, and the same conversation around daily life for, for players. It's don't go out where possible. Um, limit limit your exposure because if if you're exposed, everyone at the club's exposed, and then the competition shuts down. And what we know financially for the entire organisation, for for from local to the elite, and everything that's encapsulated in that, it is extraordinarily dire so players are quarantining themselves that's that's how it's working at the moment well you said don't go out i reckon i can have a little argument with that patrick we take it to the fishing side of things well because you have been going i don't reckon there's anything better than isolating yourself out in my little 2100 stabycraft out off bowenheads catching tuna this week well we've seen just ridiculous scenes with people hoarding and panic buying, which is just the dumbest thing you could possibly ever imagine. I was reading yesterday um, that we have like enough meat for 75 million people, yet we are (laughs) stripping shelves of meat. Uh, Like, this makes no sense. And the toilet paper scenario, it's built 
It's made in Australia. It's made in South Australia. <laughs> Literally. Like it, we are just so idiotic at times. But when it comes to fishing, yes, all of a sudden, you've constantly been uh, berated around keeping too many fish. I dare say those uh, those commentators are going to disappear, Edmund. Well, you've ruined my day this today because we are, like we said earlier, we were recording earlier in the week. And, and you've been in Thursday. the tuna. Yeah. I have been. I wanted to go out today then... You think you got some virus effect in the footy world, and I had to uh, wait all week for you to oh, do this, do that. <laughs> I'll let you off this yeah. week. But the weather has been great. How good is this? We're sitting here now. It's 30-odd degrees outside. It's a light northerly wind. The tuna have been in their big numbers offshore, and they just don't look like going. Do they? And I know you haven't been out yourself. I know your dad's out there currently chasing them. He, is. <laughs> he actually sent me a photo this morning. Actually, my builder sent me a video this morning of the car and the boat getting ready to leave. And I'm like, Dad, what are you doing? They should be on site putting up cladding and you're taking them out fishing. <laughs> oh, you know, he was taking them out. Yeah, he, right. Dad was taking, the, taking uh, Dave and Chriso out who are finishing off my place. And I said, what are you doing? He goes, ah, oh, it's only going to be a couple of hours. When was the last time that you went fishing for only a couple of hours? The last time I was with you when you had some AFL meeting probably. <laughs> Oh, Aaron's going to have film and go they, in. They're gone all day. Well, so well what time is it? It's currently 10.56, and uh, he rang me about 20 minutes ago. What time did he send the video to Yeah, they were at like 7 o'clock this <laughs> So morning. he's been out already a few hours. They're not picking up any hammers today, I tell you well, right Well, I hope now. they're catching some fish, because like I was saying before, Pat, how, when is are it we going to... Is it a good time to fish? Because obviously you've oh, seen the industry... You asked me this straight up when I first saw you. How's it affected, basically, salt guide, I guess you could say. You didn't say that, but my business. And I said to you, it's... I haven't noticed any difference, if not more people fishing. I don't know if that's because some people are off work yep. and people are actually wanting to get out in the fresh air and get away because, let's be honest, Pat, if you're isolating yourself in a house all day, Good there's bad, not much man. else you can do yep. around the planet, literally, than go fishing. Like, you can't you can't go to the movies, you can't go swimming in a pool, you can't do anything. Fishermen around Australia, when they heard self-isolation, were actually just stoked. <laughs> well, I was. <laughs> they were thinking, all right, I've got to tell my wife I've got to self-isolate, I'm going to do that in my uh, 444, 444 Hanes. <laughs> we're going out <laughs> and fishing. I, and, and I'll see you in eight hours' time. I'll bring back some dinner, but I've got to self-isolate. So just doing as uh, everyone's recommended. Well, that's another thing. Another point we make, what you make just there is bringing back dinner because oh, I've got I've got every person that messaged me in the past ten years of my fishing saying you how much whiting do you need? Well, I need lots, and I reckon you do now too. So anyone that's messaged me because I've loaded up, we are loading up. Friends, family, yourself, bring up some fish for you guys because you just can't buy anything at the supermarket. It's crazy. Like I went to honestly I had mum and dad over for dinner, and I went to buy chicken to make a curry. And I went to four, so we've got four supermarkets in my house. You're making curry when there's a limit on toilet paper. That is, you're talking dangerous sort oh, of. Oh, no, do you know what my old girl said? She Because she works at the supermarket <laughs> over the last, but just that not because of this. Mum's been, like, every time mum sees it on special, like whether it's a Rexona can or toilet paper, she's just bought it over the years. Oh, I shouldn't be saying that. She's going to get raided. Yeah, she is. <laughs> <laughs> so, hang on. Your so she's mother got, is one of the... She's a problem. She's, she's a, a hoarder. hoarder. But it's been going for two, three, four years, though. Not just the last four weeks. So <laughs> mum's come over and dropped off uh, some toilet paper for us during the week, which got us through. But this is the scary thing for us, Patty's Carrie, we're only two weeks off. for it? Here you go. Um, and I'll look after you. It'll it was be, dinner and 20 grand. That'll be 60, thanks. <laughs> oh, what? But I'm actually a little bit... What I'm worried about this, and I know you've... You've seen this a bit further than us, and my partner's I was gonna pregnant, heavily question, yeah. pregnant. Like She's two weeks away. I could get a birth. phone call now, and uh, 
yeah, it's just a little bit uh, scary, the fact that... And how does that affect, say, you yourself, you've got and have a heart from someone else, so your immune system immediately... I don't have one. ...is, is terrible, and what people have, what we've learned is those with weak immune systems are far more vulnerable. Does mm. that make you yeah, so really nervous? I'm immunosuppressed, so I take tablets twice a day, every day for my whole, well, since I've had my heart, since I was 16, and uh, basically what they do is they lower my immune system so my body accepts my heart, but the downfall of that is, I I'll admit to you, I don't get sick often. I've been very lucky. Some people with transplants and immunosuppressed get sick quite often. I don't get it often, but when I do get sick, Pat, it does knock me around. It hurts me. It, it can take me, say you get a common cold, you knock it over in three days. It can take me a couple of weeks to knock it down and yeah, I've I've definitely self isolated this. Uh, I've been fishing, as you can see on my social media platforms. But you've, to be fair, you've self isolated for twenty six years. I have been smart when with places. <laughs> uh, they reckon I'm not. I don't listen too much to the doctors, which they, uh, old Jeffrey gets a bit angry. But which is good when you've got a new heart. Yeah, yep. but I uh, I pulled through okay. But no, it is scary. I'm, I won't go to the supermarket at the moment. Um, I just won't. I'll send people around, like brothers, sisters, mum, dad, just because yep. I just don't. And people. People say, oh, someone come back from overseas and oh, they're in self-isolation for 14 days, which is no worries, but there's still people that aren't listening to that. They, yeah. They'll be at the supermarket, which I, I, it'd be hard to self-isolate for 14 days, Pat. It really would be. Yeah. And uh, I'm just a bit worried. Not worried. I'm not, I shouldn't say I'm worried. If it happens, it happens. I, you know me, I deal with you it deal as with it comes. It? Yeah. I just deal with it. But um, yeah, I've definitely self-isolated and the fishing side of things is definitely going to help myself and I think it's going to help a lot of other people get through this it's that the, are fishermen. And just the mental or health fishing women, that sorry. fishing provides people. Or mental health, like for, for yourself, like it yep. just... You've got to have a, an you escape. Love, it's an escape for you yep. and just quickly as well, the, the just on the fishery before we wrap up this segment, if you are trying to get out and fish and self-isolate, uh, the tuna... When is it going to stop? That's all I can ask you. Is you had a great week. It's it just won't. It doesn't. And the numbers out there is just phenomenal. From the coast, Cape Shank, once again down to Whoop Whoop Land, they're literally everywhere. So you're out there. You're not trolling. Not trolling at all. Birds first. Don't put a lure in the water. I'm finding these birds, and I've just been casting. This week it was stick baits. Those little bungee casts. We talk about them week in, week out. They are dynamite. They are catching more fish than anything else, in my opinion. I know other people will have their... Well, a couple of weeks ago, you were talking about it with soft plastic. It was. It was soft plastic. I yep. couldn't get a fish on soft plastic during the week. Yep. Uh, but then you've got the whiting also, Pat. We're coming up to a moon, which is going to be a bit harder to play with. But the, uh, the whiting are going really well. Squid as well. Gummy sharks. The kingfish in the rip, Pat, made themselves well and truly present over the last few weeks. And they should... Oh, I reckon mid-April they'll be there. They'll be there too. Yep. So what water temperature obviously plays a massive role. It is starting to decrease. We're at that 17 degrees now, which is starting to get cold, 17 to 18, depending on the days as well and what we have leading up. Weather that we've had in the last three days, 30 plus degrees, massive difference. The marlin on the East Coast have shut down a fair bit. We're really... That, but I believe that they're going to come back once the current starts to swing around. It'll really start to shape up. The marlin where we were fishing last week and South Oz still keeps producing with their fish as well and the tuna runs starting over there as well. So plenty of fishing on the water. This is Real Adventures. Plenty more to come after the break. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's time for the Social Club. If you've got a question for Aaron or I, make sure you send it into our Real Adventures Facebook or Instagram page. The first question is from Bruce Redmond. Red and Danger, 
How do you tell the missus that fishing is self-isolating? She won't believe me. Ha, ha, ha. Well. How have you gone about this? Like, this is a, you are two weeks away from uh, the birth of your first child. I went fishing this week and I got home to Kari. I think Kari completely forgets that fishing is my job. So she thinks when I go out fishing, it's her fishing. And, she uh, thinks that you're enjoying she it. She told me, she goes, she goes, yeah, she, she told me, she goes, I'll read this. And I said, what? Because I had a go at her a bit. I said to her, look, I'm not just fishing. Like, I understand we've got to get stuff ready, but I need to make money. Do you want to eat chicken? Oh, wait, we can't eat chicken. Do you want to eat dinner tonight? <laughs> and she, what? And she goes, oh, look, Chicken's what a basically scotch fillet now, isn't it? Oh, it's cheaper. <laughs> I, well, I said, and then she goes, um, read this message. I said, oh, what? She showed me her phone. It's just her. Can I say the B word? Hanging it on me to her sister saying, oh, Aaron's going out fishing today. And then she goes, and then it's like, it's just so annoying. Nothing's got done. But I understand it's his job. And then his sister's like, oh, yeah, I forget it's his job too. Bruce, uh, it's clear that we have no information or in <laughs> or advice when it comes to uh, having the chat with the missus around self-isolation. You'll probably get in trouble if you're at home anyway, so just go. <laughs> Colin, as the water temp gets closer to 16 degrees, is it worth chasing snapper in the bay again? We had Dallas... Yes. Uh, we're speaking to Dallas after, so we might just even get him to cover off Snapper in the Bay and where that sits well, right now, throughout this year. That magic number, 16, is not far away. Uh, I reckon April, end of uh, March, April, is probably as good as the Snapper season in November. The easiest way to explain it. Okay. Fishing Mount Martha, down south, those fish tend to run out. Fish that 18 to 20 metres, 22 even, you're going to get yourself plenty of fish. Silver whiting, but I reckon silver whiting pillies are great, but get your fur, your fresh squid before you head out. Fresh squid heads, fresh squid rings. I don't think you can beat it. It's uh, they just It just seems to work this time of the year. I don't know why. It must be something to do with the numbers of squid in the bay or the way that they're just feeding. So definitely chase snapper if it's on your mind. Rob, last question for you, Patrick. Danger, last week you said you're putting twins on your north bank. Why? Why not a single? Uh, pretty simple. The boats, when they were initially designed, similar to, to It might be coming off the back of our trip up north because it had a single 350 on it. It did. But when, they were, when the boats were first designed, uh, they were designed for twins just with the weight distribution of the motors. Now, clearly, you can have single outboards and you can put trim tabs on it, uh, but the boat just performs simply better with it does, yep. twin outboards compared to, to a single. So, And also, why not? Like, it's a bigger boat. You want to have that resp- and I know and I've, I've been an advocate for single engine motors, haven't I? I love my single Absolutely engine motors, have been. and I'll always say it. But if you've got a bigger boat, you get away with using the twins to your advantage, so, such as trim tabs. But in your own head, Pat, security in your own head, you've got two engines. You've got you, double the chance of being safer out there than what you do on a single. Let's you, be honest. You do, and um, I am by no means an expert when it comes to um, fishing and boating. But what I've put onto this boat are putting onto this boat is a system called Optimus 360. So it's joystick control, which there's a lot of outboard manufacturers that use this as well. But it makes docking a lot easier. Now, this system is designed for twin outboards. So um, whether you're facing uh, crosswinds when coming yep. into dock, it just makes it far easier to use. And, and f- because I don't fish uh, a huge amount or anywhere near as much as you, um, you know, you don't want your boat banging into the dock mm. because of the wind that... that We'll definitely pick up with the hard top that we've got. So uh, Optimus 360 will make that far I'm easier. I'm going to get you to review that next week. 
I will. And you can only use that with uh, with twin outboards. That is the social club. If you've got a question for Aaron or I, make sure you shoot it through to our Facebook or Instagram page. Now it's time for our dream boating destinations. Thanks to Club Marine. Ensure your boat or jet ski with Club Marine. Call or search Club Marine to find out more. Ask for a PDS to see if this insurance is right for you. Bomber Farrell joins us from Exmouth and GameX. He is, of course, a North Bank and Mercury Marine ambassador. Good morning, Bomber. Morning, boys. How are we today? We're excellent. Now, uh, before we get into GameX, can you just talk us through exactly what GameX is? Because I dare say it's the uh, the last real big fishing tournament that's going to happen over the next few months mm. with what's happening with coronavirus uh, around the country. Yeah, GameX is a massive uh, grill fishing tournament and also game fish. There's a whole series of uh, categories catching um, game fish all around the Exmouth region, so in the Gulf and also on the other side. So just north of Perth, 1,300 kilometres, and uh, heaps of boats out here participating in uh, plenty of categories, and it's a huge, huge game fishing comp. When you say categories, Bomber, what uh, species of fish are on offer up there? Because we know it's the capital of everything. So <laughs> what are you actually targeting? Well, we're actually specifically targeting uh, marlin and sailfish. Uh, we can catch anything out here, blue marlin, black marlin, striped marlin, uh, spearfish and sailfish. We haven't done any deep dropping or anything like that for swordfish. So all uh, the six out of the seven um, of the billfishes are available up here. From that, there's also people who are chasing wahoo, dolphin fish, queenies, trevally, may, may, tunas, uh, you name it, any of those other pelagic species that we catch up here as well. Sharks, all sorts of stuff on the line classes from one kilo line all the way through to 60 kilo. Now, you've been lucky enough, as anyone is that ever fishes with Al McGlashan, to have one of the best photographers in the country when it comes to fishing Catch capturing some wonderful shots, uh, some great shots earlier in the week of some uh, of some billfish there. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, whenever Al's on board, you know you're just going to get a when you get that fish, you're going to get some of the best photos of all time. Then he lobs in the water and does his uh, does his business, and um, yeah, fish with Al a few times now. So sort of knowing the process uh, and getting some wicked photos, at least you got those memories forever. Bomber, anyone that follows your social media, will some some would say that Al doesn't seem to do actually a lot of work and you guys must make him look good. Yeah, exactly what we do. Um, Al just prances around with a camera uh, <laughs> while we just do all the, all the minions are running around, uh, tiptoeing around doing all the work. That's dead what you're all over it. <laughs> <laughs> now, talk us through the crew. You've been fishing on uh, on a North Bank boat. Who else is, Who else have you been fishing with? Uh, we've got young Ords, who's come up from Geraldton, Al uh, Glashen, myself, and also Rob coming from North Bank Boats, and had uh, Shano from Garmin as well. He's actually lobbed up for the uh, for the week with us too, so we've had an absolute ball. Bomber, now you've in a competition, obviously Game X. What is the prize? What like what what's the uh, why do people want to travel all the way up to Exmouth to actually come in this competition? Oh, they just want to get away from their oh. wives for a couple of weeks. <laughs> Well, well, there's some of that. Uh, I think it's some. Uh, it's a cornerstone for some people for, throughout their whole um, their whole year to look forward to catch up with some mates and and get together. There's a whole series of local anglers. I mean, for us, we've all come from four different states, five different states basically, 
and um, to come together to sort of hang out for the week, go fishing and tell some stories. Um, there's a lot of that that goes on. Come up to Exmouth. It's a quiet time of the year for tourism, but the weather is a lot better, and it's a, it's a great opportunity to come and enjoy Exmouth as well. Some of when their families stay on the marina or in a holiday house in town, get out fishing for six days. It's a great excuse to um, bond and hang out. Bomber, thanks for joining us on Real Adventures this morning. Give us an, giving us a bit of an insight into GameX 2020. Uh, we'll look forward to chatting soon. All the best, mate, and a pleasure hanging out with you guys again too. Take it easy. Hey, Bomber. Bomber Farrell wrapping up Exmouth, a beautiful location, great accommodation all through the area. Uh, not in its peak at the moment, but certainly it's a busy time of the year. Club Marine is Australia's leading provider of insurance for boats and jet skis. Now you can win the dream with Club Marine. Club Marine members have the chance to win a share of over $260,000 in prizes, including a Ram 1500 Laramie pickup truck and a Northbank 600C boat and trailer package. Call or search Club Marine to find out more. Eligibility criteria, terms and conditions apply. Call for a PDS to see if this insurance is right for you. New South Wales permit number LTPS 19 slash 33208. On Real Adventures, it's time to get all aboard for Dometic. Mobile living made easy. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's time for All Aboard. Thanks to the Dometic CIB 26 Cooler Bag. Keep food and drinks cool on your adventures. Dallas De Silva joins us from Vic Fisheries. Good morning, Dallas. It's great to talk about the Golden Tag and just the incredible impact that's had on our fishing community here in Victoria. Oh, thanks, Red, and thanks, Paddy. It's great to be with you again. And yeah, it's been fantastic to to see the Golden Tag announcement by the Minister uh, for Fishing and Boating, Jail Pulford, last month. And, uh, it's up and running and, yeah, we've already had a lot of fish caught and tagged and prizes claimed. It's great to see people out there getting back out into these fire-affected communities in the northeast and in Gippsland, uh, catching a fish and, yeah, it's really great to see. Dale, firstly, how did the whole... Golden Tag come about? What was the discussion that was made to come up with it? And we know we've seen things, Pat, in the Northern Territory with the uh, Million Dollar Barra and things like that. Now, how did who, who come up with the idea? Who actually gets all the glory for it? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was an idea that um, we, we sort of talked about how can we help uh, with the bushfire response um, and the recovery. Uh, and the government uh, saw it as a great opportunity. So the government uh, gave us the, the all clear for that very quickly and said, yep, We've got to do this, and um, Minister for, for Fishing and Boating, Jayla Pulford, announced it uh, on the steps of Parliament um, with a lot of media there and a lot of wreck fishers. And it's just been so well received by the community. Um, and so, yeah, it was officially announced. It runs for 12 months as well. That's the, um, the other important point. So now this is going to continue for, you know, it goes up until the end of February next year, and there's still a lot of fish out there that are tagged waiting to be caught so um, it's been great to see the start to it but what's even better is it's going to continue for the you know the next 11 months Dallas it wouldn't have had the impact it's had if people didn't catch uh, tagged fish there's been 18 so far clearly that makes a huge impact on the fact that people look at it and go actually this is possible it's not just one person that's caught one fish in the space of three months <laughs> yeah. there's genuinely been opportunities for people to uh, to go out fishing to enjoy the great outdoors and you know for some they're they're winning a couple of thousand bucks for for catching fish yeah absolutely um 
yeah, some one of the one of the people we know of, you know, they lost their property. Um, they caught a fish, and you know, so that that money's been just put to such such great use for them. And it's great to hear those sort of stories. Uh, also, a fella caught a, a nice cod up in the northeast just before the competition started, and you know, he he rang us up and he and he let us know, sent us a photo of the fish that was tagged and everything, and said, "Oh, look, I've, I've let it go, and hopefully someone will catch it when the competition starts." So. There's been some great stories out of this, and it's really been amazing, I've got to say. And uh, it's gone, gone as good as we could have hoped, and just to see the smiles on on people's faces, and, and also the government saying, you know, that recreational fishing is so important in rebuilding these communities and and the jobs and the economy out in these areas. That the government's looking to recreational fishing as one of the major drivers to do that is um, is really fantastic. Dale, I want to know who the people were that were lucky enough to go catch a thousand fish to be able to put the tags in them. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a good question. And yeah, we had a few people putting a hand up to do that work internally in, in the VFA, I can tell you. <laughs> but um, but all credit to Craig Ingram. Um, Craig Ingram led this um, this whole project and organised uh, the people to go out there and catch it, catch the fish, tag the fish. We had a lot of support. Um, from the Alpha Rilo Institute, the scientists there, uh, helping us catch fish and tag fish because, as you'd imagine, you know, the, the, the actual manual exercise of catching a 1,000 fish and tagging each one individually and then letting them go and looking after the fish carefully and proper handling and release and all those sort of things that, that we did really um, diligently uh, was a big exercise. But um, Craig Ingram in the VFA uh, oversaw the whole project and did a great job. Dale, uh, as rec anglers for 2020, what can we look forward to from Vic Fisheries this year uh, and what you're going to implement uh, throughout the year that's going to help uh, rec anglers really enjoy their time out fishing? Oh, in terms of um, our freshwater and, and saltwater, you know, there's, there's still further, you know, we're, we're tracking really well in terms of meeting our, our 10 million fish stocking target. Uh, so that's, that's great. There's going to be a lot of fish stocked. There'll be Vic Fish Kids events held. Uh, that was a, an idea from Rex Hunt a few years ago. Those um, those fishing festivals, those kids fishing events across the state. There'll be there'll be more of those when the time's right. Um, but uh, yeah, it's really really uh, going to be a big year for fishing. Our, our snapper fishery again um, in Port Phillip Bay. That'll be great. Um, the Murray cod are still going really well up in the northeast as well and on the Goulburn. I've uh, been lucky enough to get up there and catch a few cod. You know, the yellow belly is still about. Uh, we'll be into trout season soon. So um, yeah, it'll be another great year. The, the tuna, obviously, Port Phillip Bay and um, in close, you know, on, on the Bellarine there off Barwon Heads and Red. I know you've been getting into them a bit. It's, yep. The tuna have been fantastic, haven't they? Oh, you, the tuna. And I don't know if you know anything more than what I know, Dale, but how long can they hang around for? Because it's just out of control, the numbers of tuna. And what have you guys, I know you've done a fair bit of tagging, uh, or a few other people have as well. Where do you think the fish have come from? And how, look, I don't know, it's a stupid question, how long is a piece of string, but how long do you see them staying for as, as in, in, the, in the VFA? Yeah, uh, we've, you know, we've done, a lot of, uh, done a lot of work on this the last few years. We're working with CSIRO, and, uh, who do the, the, the stock assessment for tuna here in Australia. And, now they're seeing some really good good results, good recruitment of fish coming through. Um, I think it's just a sign of how well the fishery is being managed internationally, and how you know the countries 
uh, are all doing their bit to manage their catches within their quotas. I think um, commercially, I think that's that's been one of the real success stories um, for tuna. Um, yeah, and, and you know, similar here, we've had the kingfish uh, resurgence in story the last few years. You know, the, wasn't that long ago that the kingfish were, were pretty hard to find and pretty thin, but you know, the kingfish have really come back as well, which is which is awesome news for anglers. Dallas, we appreciate your time on Real Adventures this morning. Understand everyone is under uh, different pressures around coronavirus at the moment. So thanks for making time for joining us and chatting all things fishing. Thank you, guys, and um, yeah, enjoy your time out in the water. Thanks, Paddy. Thanks, Red. See you, Dal. Dallas De Silva joining us from Victorian Fisheries Authority. It's a, it's a really interesting time for the government uh, when it comes to coronavirus, the impact that's going to have on the fishing industry, Redmond. Um, I'm not sure, like at the moment, everything around what's going to happen is all speculation. Clearly, um, that information is changing every day. The government's going to be uh, you know, far ahead of the general public when it comes to what's going on. But fishing over the next little while is going to play a huge role in making sure that um, communities not only stick together, but the mental health from people within it is really important. And taking your family down the beach, um, you know, (laughs) social distancing included, that you can go out and enjoy the outdoors and just escape a little bit of the the chaos that's ensuing at the moment. My biggest hate, or I should say phrase, when I fish with someone on the water is, it's just good to be out here, as no. And for me, it's like, no. It's not. I want to catch a fish, but in this case, after this, what's happening? Yep. I'm going to have to start agreeing with them because it is just going to be good to be out there and away from a house or a front room. So perfect. It's time for Reds at review, Redman. You've been scouring uh, the industry and things that are important this time of the year when it comes to new products. Well, not necessarily new products, but relevant products. Tuna catches are at an all-time high, and you've got something to help prepare the fish to eat. Yeah, that's right. And like you said, looking after your fish is crucial, but a lot of people forget this side of it. And what I mean by this side of it is actually bleeding your fish properly, spiking it, and then to, to get the quality of out of the meat after you ice it as well, it makes that much of a difference. Because if you don't look after tuna, they're not like uh, you know your whiting or your snapper. If you don't bleed them straight away, yep. just how they basically cook themselves from the inside out, don't they? Because 100%. Of the, the lactic acid that builds up and just... Well, it's not like a whiting either, Pat, where you can throw a whiting into your cool box and then with a bit of ice slurry and it takes 30 seconds to cool down because they're only the size, of, not even the size of your forearm, the yep. ones I catch are only little. Yep. But the tuna, you can't just cut, throw a 20 kilo tuna into ice and expect the inside of it just to cool, cool instantly. Yep. So basically what we're going to review today is a product from Hook'em. It's come out, it's the Panaquatic Tuna Bleeding and Preparation Kit that's just come out. Uh it's slightly expensive. I you can probably custom make your own your own stuff that I'm going to talk about here, just to save you a buck or two. But this is a hundred and sixty dollar kit. Yep. It is well worth buying if you're lazy like me to homemade homemade stuff. And I know a lot of people make their own gear, but basically what it is, this is de- specifically designed. It's designed. To- it is designed. Everything's yet yeah, like you said. It's the, for the designed specifically for bluefin tuna. But in saying that, it can be used. For all your species of fish. Now, what it comes with is your brain spike, and your peeling tool, which is or coring the brain, uh, and you've got a pro bleeding knife too, and spine wire. Now, the bleeding knife, Pat, people make the big mistake, and and I'll admit to you, I used to do this a long time ago until 
I realised that it was never... I used to run the knife along the lateral line of the fish. Yep. And now what I mean by that is the, the lateral line runs down the central uh, fillet of the fish, I guess you could say. It runs from the head to the tail, basically. And I thought that by cutting that lateral line is what actually bled the fish. Because that's where you the darkest part of your tuna. But it's actually a small artery just behind the pectoral fin there. And it's not even the size of your finger, depending on the size of the fish, obviously. But it's a small artery that all you need to do with this knife is just nick it. Like, you don't need to cut a big slice in your fish. You yeah. honestly just nick it, and that's what actually bleeds your fish out. So you don't need to be going around and slicing your fish up with your knife. You can run it a little bit further to cover your backside to make sure you hit it, but it yep. is very easy to find, so make sure you do bleed your fish. Uh, cooling your fish down, like you said before, Pat, uh, with your ice. Now, this comes back down to gutting it and getting the gills out. What happens is if you just throw your fish in with the guts and the gills, the guts is what its warmest part of the fish is. And what what I mean by that is if you don't gut and gill your fish when you get back to the shore, before you get back in, you'll notice that when you clean the fish, bits of the fish will be cold, but actually in the guts, when I say warm, it's still very, it's very hot. warm. Yeah. It's hot. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very warm. And this will cook your fish inside out. Being a pelagic fish with the blood, if you don't bleed it, forget it. There's just going to be blood all through your fish. But... Buying one of these kits here, I don't think you can go past it. Like I said, they're at 160 bucks. I'm on Walesies at the moment. We spoke about Walesies last week. I really like this site. It comes with a storage roll, which is, I think, crucial. Rather than having uh, your, your spike or whatever it is floating around your boat, you go, where is it? Where is this? Where is that? you got your kit. You sit it on your kit on your dash or on your seat of your boat, and you're laughing. It can just sit in there. It's a small little kit. It doesn't come... It's not a huge kit. It comes with three uh, nice-sized pockets too, and they are very, very deep. So if you wanted to, you can actually add stuff into your kit. But that there is basically your tuna bleeding kit. You can use it on all sorts of fish. It doesn't have to be tuna. It can be your reef fish, any other species of fish. So make sure you get a kit if you are planning to chase, uh, I'm going to say any pelagic fish, including tuna, and nearly any other reef fish or snapper even, if you do want to spike them to get the quality out of your meat. That is Red's Review. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Welcome back to Real Adventures now, Redmond, in the wake of coronavirus. Clearly, there's been uh, a lot of uh, organisations and a lot of get-togethers, fishing events yep. uh, that have been postponed or cancelled. Now, if you want information on those, um, we got a, a, a and read a great little article on the Fishing World um, website but Evans Head Fishing Classic, that's been cancelled. Sanctuary Cove International Boat Show, which is a huge one on Hope Island, that's been postponed currently. Uh, Palmerston Game Fishing Club and Barra Nationals and the Daly River, that's been cancelled. Uh, Rose Hill Boat Show in New South Wales, cancelled. Trailer Boat Fishing Tournament, Port Stephens, postponed. Go Fish Nagambi, which we were talking a few yeah. weeks about and we were really excited about, that's been um, postponed. Ovens River Challenge in Myrtleford, that's been postponed. Uh, we're seeing them right uh, around the country. Broken Bay Invitational, which is a fishing tournament, and the the Brizzy 4x4 show uh, and boating show, um, which is on March 27. That's been cancelled. So we're seeing them right around the country. Uh, we're really hopeful, and I know these organisations are hope- hopeful if if they haven't been cancelled, the postponing of them to the end of the season um, or the end of the year 
if uh, there's a reprieve from coronavirus, but once again, we still don't know. So um, thinking of all the people invo- involved in, in those get-togethers and the work that's been put into those that have suddenly been put on hold. Well, that's the thing. The work has gone into them. It's, not, it's, it's over 12 months. Every, like, it's six months before 12 months even gets to it. It's like it's, they're always constantly planning why, why they're on, and yep. now all of a sudden... Some of them just bang done. Yeah. Joe Fish Nagambi was a he's a big one for like we've Huge. a bit to do with that, and yep. that's sad to see because we know how passionate they were, <laughs> right? For this and put so much effort oh. into it, and the the, the big one's going to be uh, for us anyway. Uh, the Melbourne Boat Show. Which well, I was going to ask you when we finished, but what are our plans? Because we've got to stand there together. And I really, what I we th- do? I think it's going to be really tough. I think uh, from the information that I've been received, um, it's that May June. July is going to be when the virus is at its peak, and yep. we see, keep seeing these graphs. Well, the top of the graph is when you know that's going to be around that sort of time of the year. So, given when the boat show is scheduled, um, you know that's going to be a constant discussion piece for whether or whether they do or they don't. It's looking you know increasingly difficult at the moment. Redmond, it's time for Red's tip for new age caravans designed for the road ahead. It's pretty simple this week, Pat. If you are self-isolating yourself when you're not at work anymore or if you're just at home trying to look after yourself keep your mental health right and it's pretty go fishing like whether it's off a bank find your own little corner somewhere yep. and just go fishing if you need to or it's taking the family out down the beach yeah. when there's not too because many else around like yep. we said at the start of the show there's not a lot of things you can do now uh, that is basically safe and what I mean by that is or within the government within, regulations yeah, yeah exactly yeah sorry I should yep. have said that but Basically, fishing, you can head down to a bank, find your own little bit of sand, and you can sit down there with the kids and the wife and have a cast. And even if it's just catching a few salmon down in the Bowen River or a carp down at a waterhole somewhere, Absolutely. whatever it is, you'll be able to get out and keep your mind from going beyond crazy because it, uh, there's nothing worse than going to be sitting in a house isolating yourself. So be a bit smart, keep your mental health right, and uh, catch some fish. That was Red's tip for New Age Caravans. Take your caravan experience to the next level. New Age Caravans, designed for the road ahead. It's time for the flying gaff and finish off. It's pretty simple. Stop hoarding. Stop panic buying. It's ridiculous. Uh, I don't always agree with what Scott Morrison says, but it is (laughs) un-Australian. Let's look after each other. We have plenty of supplies here in Australia. There's meat for 75 million people. We've got 25 here in Australia. There's enough toilet paper to sink a ship. We produce it in South Australia. We don't need to go out and do it. Look after your families. Look look after your, your grandparents and your elderly. Stay safe. Pilchards? Don't hold the pilchards. <laughs> don't hold the pilchards. Stay safe. It's time to go fishing. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.